Welcome to the LFC podcast, where our mission is to make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. We're so glad you've tuned in, and we believe that God will speak to you today as you listen to this message. Listen, we uh, started a new series last week called the Equip Series. Someone say Equip. Equip and listen. We pastor went over it last week, but I just want to refresh your memory. Um, equip it means to supply with the necessary items for a t- for a particular purpose. To equip, right? To supply or or to prepare someone mentally for a particular situation or task to equip, right? This makes sense to make ready. But did you know that Jesus, he equipped his disciples? Did you know it? Are you going to talk to me this morning or am I going to talk to myself? Come on now. Thank you. Uh, well, Well, Jesus equipped his disciples. We can, we can see it in Matthew chapter 10. We Excuse me, jumbling all over the place. But we can see this story in Matthew chapter 10 um, where Jesus, he calls all of his disciples together and he gave them the authority, right? In other words, he equipped them, right? He equipped them to be able to accomplish the things that he was going to send them out to do. Someone say equip. Equip. Jesus said this, I want you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, not leopards. I used to say leopards. Cleanse the lepers. And I want you to cast out demons. But listen, Jesus, Jesus was telling them, telling them to do this, but he wasn't just going to leave them hanging, right? He wasn't just going to leave them hanging because they, they wouldn't be able to do it without him, correct? So he equipped them. He equipped them, and the Bible says that he gave them the authority. He gave them the power so that they could go and do what they were supposed to do. He equipped them. And here at LFC, we want to do the same thing. We want to equip you. The, the mission of LFC is this. It's to make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. Can we say that together? The mission of LFC is to make... You guys got it. Come on. And listen, but how, how is that done? How do we... How do, we do, how do we do this? How do we make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers? And listen, it is done through vision. It's done through vision. And the vision of this body, the vision of LFC is to establish a family environment, a loving, living community. Listen, one thing that I love about my church, LFC, is uh, our kids' ministry. Anyone else, you just, you are so grateful for our kids' ministry. Listen, while, while we are in here worshiping the Lord, hearing the word from the Lord, they're in there worshiping the Lord, hearing the word of the Lord. 
Listen, when we, uh, when, when we have a baptism class, which we have this Thursday, um, not only do we have a baptism class for the adults getting baptized, but we have a separate class for our kids who are getting baptized. When we have a fasting class, <laughs> same thing. The adults are learning about fasting and the kids are in the other room learning about fasting. Guys, our vision is to establish the, the whole family is gonna be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. The, also, our vision of LFC is to create and maintain a climate where God is honored, Christ is worshiped, and the Holy Spirit has free reign. He has free reign. He can do whatever he wants. He's in charge. Come on, aren't you grateful for that? And lastly, the, the vision of LFC is to offer and encourage opportunities for spiritual growth. Um, we have midweek on Wednesday nights. It's some, we have something for everyone. At seven o'clock, we got kids, youth, men, women classes. We have um, a new believers class that meets in this little room over here, but we have something for everyone. We want to offer opportunities so that you can grow. We had, we just had um, bloom this past Friday. And can I tell you, the Holy Spirit was in this room. Women were set free. There were some ladies who their lives are changed forever. We offer opportunities for spiritual growth. Forge, men, you gotta get there. It's coming up next month in February. You gotta be there. But we, again, we offer opportunities and it's, you can choose whether or not you can take it or not. Um, but listen, when we look at equipping, we see what the Bible tells us that the gifts that Christ gave, gave to the church. Okay, and we can look here at Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse 11, and follow with me, it's on the screen. It says, <clears throat> excuse me. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, and their responsibility, this is their job. Their responsibility is to equip, someone say equip. Equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And listen, through this series, this equip series, um, we are wanting to help equip you with some things. And last week, Pastor kicked us off, right? Who was here last week? Yep, Pastor kicked us off um, and he helped equip us with evangelism, witnessing. I'm curious, did anyone, did anyone's faith build up and they were able to invite someone to church this week or witness to someone, Any, anybody? Yeah, awesome. Awesome, that's what we're trying to do. We want to equip you to do the work of God. Come on, well listen, this week I want to help equip you uh, and we're gonna be focusing on discipling. Someone say discipling. 
We're going to be uh, going back to this key passage of scripture throughout the message. But it, this, this verse, it is Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 19. And here it is. This is Jesus speaking. And he says this, therefore, go and make what? Disciples. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He said, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. And listen, something about me, um, I've, I grew up in the church, okay? I, I'm a church, I was a church rat. I like, while my, my dad was up there singing and leading worship with my mom, I was like crawling underneath the pews and maybe even taking a little nap because it was nice and chilly. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I grew up in the church. I literally took my first steps at nine and a half months old, so I'm told, um, at vacation Bible school. Okay, I, the church was life, it, it, it is my life. And listen, some of you Assemblies of God people, you'll know what I'm talking about, but I was a rainbow. Anyone else? Any, who, who was a rainbow? Some, most of y'all are in here and you're like, <laughs> you were a rainbow? <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> What kind of a noise does a rainbow make? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. You got to eat some Skittles and you'll find out for yourself. But I was a rainbow. Um, I was also a Royal Ranger. If you don't know what a Royal Ranger is, it's a, bo a Christian Boy Scout. Okay. But, uh, but listen, from the time I can remember, I, there have been leaders. There have been volunteers. There have been teachers and pastors who have poured into my life. They poured into my life. And though I, I didn't really know it at the time or have, have words for it at the time, but those people, they discipled me. They discipled me. They poured into my life. They prayed and I imitated their prayers. They worshiped. And I saw how they were worshiping and I imitated their worship. Their favorite Bible characters became my favorite Bible characters. The calling that was on their life, it became my calling, <laughs> right? They discipled me. And my youth pastor growing up, his name was Pastor Dave Dilly, and he had a passion for missions, and he still does to this day. But he led every single missions trip that I went on. And listen, because of Pastor Dave and his passion for missions, I truly believed that I was going to be a missionary someday. I did. But I had a plan in order, right? 
I had a plan, okay? I was, first I was gonna become an NFL superstar and then I was gonna, you know, make a whole bunch of money and I was gonna put it in a savings account, right? And then when it was time to go on to the mission field, uh, I wouldn't have to raise support because I had all my missions money saved up, right? That was my plan. I, you know what? I even remember some Christmases, I asked for money to support my call. <laughs> Don't you remember? Oh my goodness. Sorry, that just came to me. That, that's why there was a moment there. <laughs> but listen, I... I I also, I remember when my parents um, announced to my sister and I that we were going to move back to Dayton, Ohio, and we were going to plant a church called Hope Church. And I was, I was in fourth grade, and I remember I asked my dad, I was like, Dad, when you're done being the pastor, can I buy the church from you so then I can be the pastor? Can we, like, make the deal now? right? <laughs> it doesn't work like that, of course, <laughs> right? But, but even, even then in my young mind, in my young spirit, I was already aware that God was calling me to full-time ministry. But more importantly, my parents, they took very seriously the role in their role in discipling me. Parents, do you know that you have the greatest opportunity to disciple your children. You do. When you pray in your home together as a family, you are discipling your kids. When you worship in your home as a family, you're discipling your kids. When we have a worship night or a prayer night, bring your kids here. It doesn't matter if there's not childcare. Bring them and let them sit in the presence of God. You have such a great opportunity to disciple your children. And you see, here's the thing though, you have to understand this. Disciples are made, they're not born, right? Disciples are made, they're not born. And in order to make disciples, you have to be a disciple, right? Ellie Marroquin uh, states that disciples are built through attitudes and actions, habits and patterns, practices that identify people as followers of Jesus. Guys, the New Testament word for disciple, it literally means learner or follower. That's what it means. But the journey of discipleship it's not just a few years, it, right? It's not a few, few months. It, it is a lifelong journey, lifelong journey where we can, can uh, continue uh, to grow and have regular learning. John chapter eight, verse 12, Jesus, he speaks to the people once more and he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. 
because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus is saying, if, someone say if, if you follow, say follow, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And if you study this passage of scripture, um, you can see that the, the Greek word that is used for the word the, uh, follow here in this passage, it's akalutheo. Someone say akalutheo. Akalutheo. And this, this word, it means to follow one who proceeds. It means to join him as his attendant, to accompany him, to join one as a disciple. Become or be his disciple. This is what it means. And listen, when I was, when I was studying this week to, to deliver God's word for you today, um, I, I, was, I was just asking the Lord some questions. And I, I was like, Lord, can I, can Christian Booker, can I be a Christian and not be a disciple? I don't have an answer for you, okay? But the Lord, when you ask the Lord a question, he's gonna direct you to some scripture, right? And, and, there's this passage of scripture that made, it was really making me think. And listen, it's just, I'm asking these questions because guys, I, Christian Booker, I want to be useful for the kingdom of God. I do. So he led me to this scripture and it's Luke chapter nine, verse 62. And it says, but Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Another version says, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back, he is useless for the kingdom of God. I want to be useful for the kingdom of God. Don't you? I want to be useful for the kingdom of God. And listen, Jesus, Jesus sought out people that we're prepared to do more than just believe in him. He sought out people. He wanted, he wanted his followers to be prepared to do more than just believe in him. He wanted people that were willing to follow him. And in his early ministry, he had people, there were people like Andrew, like, like Peter, Philip, Nathaniel. And these were people that were willing to leave where they were. They were willing to leave what they had and what they, what they owned to go and follow Jesus. Jesus called people to a life of radical commitment. When he called, uh, he called the crowd to him in Mark chapter eight, he said, if people want to follow me, they must give up the things that they want. They must be willing to even give up their lives. No half-hearted, convenience-driven promises, but a willingness 
to follow him full time. Someone say every time. Listen, trusting in Jesus will get you into heaven, but nothing less than following him daily will make you useful in his kingdom here on earth. No turning back. Luke chapter nine, verse 23, it says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Listen, in in AD 44, King Herod ordered James the Great to be killed with the sword. He was beheaded. He was the first of the apostles to be martyred. Luke, he was hanged from an olive tree in Greece. Doubting Thomas was burned alive in India. Philip was crucified and he preached from the cross as he was dying. Matthew was stabbed in the back in Ethiopia. Bartholomew was flogged to death in Armenia. James was thrown off the southeast pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem, and then he was clubbed to death by a mob. Simon the Zealot was crucified by the governor of Syria in AD 74. Judas Thaddeus was beaten to death with sticks in Mesopotamia. Matthias, who replaced Judas Iscariot, was stoned to death and beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down at his own request. When John the Beloved survived being put in a cauldron uh, of boiling oil, he survived it. The emperor exiled him to the island of Patmos. Now listen. you probably won't be called to die physically for Christ. But to be his disciple, you must die to yourself. Every day. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily, daily, not on the weekend, not just on the weekends, right? Daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. Listen, if you want, if you want to find yourself, you must be willing to lose yourself for the cause of Christ. If you want to come alive in the fullest sense, you must be willing to die to all forms of self-centeredness to live for Jesus Christ. You must become a disciple, a follower. You with me? Let's go back to that key scripture that we read in the beginning. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus is saying, he says, therefore go and make what? Disciples of all nations, of all nations. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying, make everybody a disciple. Everyone. Not just the regular church attenders that come every week. 
Not just someone who might look like they'd be a disciple. That'll preach. Come on. Hello. He's saying, go and make disciples of all nations. Everybody. Listen, there is no place on earth where the gospel of Jesus should not be preached. And there is nobody on this earth whom a disciple should not be made. Everyone. Everyone. So listen, if, if we, if we are called to go and make disciples, what in the world are we supposed to teach them? Guys, we complicate it a little bit, right? It's all right here in the scripture. What are we supposed to teach them? It says it right here. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And here it is. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given to you. Right? He's saying, if you are my disciple, that means that you follow me. That means that you obey my commands. Do that to them. <laughs> Teach them that. That's it. Duplicate yourself. Right? Duplicate yourself. <laughs> There's this awesome book. It's called The Passion Generation. Anyone read The Passion Generation before? Nobody. Okay, go read it. Well, listen, according to this book, uh, this, is, this is so cool. In the Greek, the literal meaning of discipleship is being a student. But to understand this properly, we have to understand um, that being a student in the ancient world was very different than it is today. Today, a student shows up for class at a particular location at a particular time, probably daydreaming, zoning out a little bit. I did. But in the ancient world, a student hung on every word that their teacher said at all times of the day. Students would follow their teacher everywhere that they went. The student would sleep outside of their door. <laughs> they wanted to be like them. This was a 24-7 thing. D discipleship is more than the transfer of information. It's the transformation of a person through following. That's discipleship. And listen, you, you, you guys know me. I love movies. A little too much, right? I love movies. And I got to say, one of my favorite movies of all time, I think it has probably one of the best examples of discipleship ever. Check this out. Show me... Sander floor. I can't move my arm, all right? Mm. 
What are you doing? What are you... Ow! What? Ow, what are you doing? Now show me sand floor. How did you do that? Shut up! Sand the floor. Stand up. Show me sand floor. Sand floor. Sand floor. Big sucker. Sand floor. Sand floor. Now show me wax on, wax off. Hey. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Concentrate. Look at my eye. Lock a hand. Thumb inside. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on. Wax off. Push. Show me paint a fence. Up, down. Up, down. Up, down. Other side. Look, I always look, I. Show me paint the house. Side, side. Lock wrist. Side, side. Side, side. Show me wax on, wax off. Show me paint the fence. Face! Face! Yes! Yes! Show me side to side. Yes! 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 Show me sand or floor. Hat! Face! 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 That just pumps me up. Anyone else? <laughs> it's happening, Mom. Oh, oh my goodness. I have to. The spirit of the karate kid is coming upon me. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. This happens every time. I watched this movie. Come on, if you if you know me by now, like seriously, like every time I watch this movie, I just I just want to be the Karate Kid. Okay, anyone else though who wouldn't want to be the Karate Kid? Oh, listen, who has never seen this movie? Oh, dude, you gotta watch it. Seriously, if you've never seen the movie, The Karate Kid, you have got to go back and watch it. Listen, I, I, I will explain it now, okay? Hmm. The Karate Kid is about this young gentleman named 
Daniel LaRusso. And Daniel LaRusso, he is new in town, right? He's new in town and he befriends a girl, but there are some bullies, right? There's like this clique and and they're just super mean and whatever. Well, Daniel decides, I'ma go prank the bullies. But listen, you have to understand, these bullies, they weren't just any normal bullies. They were the Cobra Kai. They were part of the karate club, the Cobra Kai. No mercy. No mercy. So one day Daniel decides, I'm going to go prank them. And he pranks them. And the Cobra Kai clan, they come out and they start chasing Daniel. And they start beating him up. They're just beating him. And he is just, oh, he's taking it like a champ. But listen, Johnny, the leader of the Cobra Kai karate club, he winds up for a kick. And he misses when Mr. Miyagi jumps over the fence and he just blocks him and he destroys all the Cobra Kai and, and they're on the ground like like just wincing in pain. Oh, 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 ouch. Oh, oh my goodness. And Daniel is in shock. He is in awe because Mr. Miyagi, the karate guy, is the master. <laughs> So we asked Mr. Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi, teach me your ways, teach me karate. And he says, okay. So you guys know the story, right? Karate kid. <laughs> and and uh, Daniel, he goes and he gets trained uh, kind of by Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi, he, he gives Daniel a sponge and he makes him do some chores. Like, Daniel, I want you to wash the car and wax it. But, this is very important, you must wax on, wax off. Ah, ah. breathe. In the nose, out the mouth, right? Very specific instructions. So he's waxing on, waxing off. Daniel comes back day after day after day, and Mr. Miyagi, he's given him some more chores to do. Paint the fence, right? Ah, breathe. Right? Paint the fence. Sand the floor. But these these things. They they were very, very specific how he must do these things. And finally, by the end of it, Daniel, he's just, he's like, when are you going to teach me karate, man? When? And that was the clip that you just saw, right? Here's the thing. That's all silly and all right. But Mr. Miyagi knew discipleship. He knew, he knew discipleship. He knew what it took to train someone to be able to do the things that he did, right? So listen, what do you teach a disciple? I want this, this series, it's on equipping you. I want to equip you. Just four quick things. What can you do to teach a disciple? And, 
Remember, Matthew 28, 20, it says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given to you. And listen, Jesus gave many, many commands the three years that he ministered uh, on earth. And I saw somewhere that um, someone say that there are 1,050 commands in the New Testament classified under 800 headings. That's a lot. That's a lot. But listen, for the sake of time, I just want to give you four things. Four, okay? Are you with me? Okay, number one, wax on, wax off. Come on, do it with me. Wax on, wax off, repent and believe. Repent and believe. Remember, I want to equip you. I want to equip you. This is what you can help. You can help disciple someone to repent and believe. But listen, remember, you must be a disciple. I do, you follow, right? Repent and believe, repent and believe. Mark uh, 1.15, it says, the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent, turn from your ways, right? And believe. Number two, okay, we had wax on, wax off. Now we got sand the deck. Come on, sand the deck with me. Come on, you guys know better. In the nose, out the mouth, breathe. Sand the day, or floor, excuse me. Sand the floor, sand the floor. Trust in God's word. Trust in God's word, right? Second Timothy 3.16, it says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, Trust in God's word. I do, you follow. Remember, I'm equipping you. I do, you follow. Now listen, the whole word of God, trust in God's word. It doesn't say just a little bit of it. The whole word, that means you have to know the word, right? That means you can't just Google what verse might be good for this situation? The whole word of God. We got to pick it up, right? Come on, pick it up. Sand the floor. Number three, paint the fence. Come on, paint the fence with me. Whoo, whoo, breathe. <sighs> paint the fence. Pray and worship. Pray and worship. Well, these, are, these are the commands. These are the commands, right? Philippians 4, 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but I love this right here, but in every situation, every time, all the time, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Pray, pray. Did you know Guys, I get a little revelation from this. Did, did you know that when you pray, you are directly speaking to God? The creator of all things. You are talking to him. 
the creator of the universe, the Lord of all the nations. Pray. And listen, can I help someone out this morning? Listen, you don't have to use fancy words. If you are stuck and not really understanding how to pray because you don't know the right words, the fancy words, throw that away. Just talk to Jesus. Talk to him. That's what it's about. Pray. Pray. Worship. Hebrews 13, 15, it says that through Jesus, therefore let us, and I love this, it in the last verse we, we read, it said, but in every situation, right? This says, continually, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Worship him, lift, lift up his name. We, we did that this morning. We did that this morning. Exalt the name of the Lord, worship him. But remember, I'm, I'm equipping you. This is for you to help teach someone else. I do, you follow, right? And last, I saved the best one for last. Number four, number four, crane kick to defeat the enemy. All right, now everyone stand up. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to make you do the crane kick. <laughs> Please don't, okay? Don't hurt yourself. Only masters in the karate can do it. Okay, but crane kick to defeat the enemy. And you know what that one is? Make disciples. Make disciples. You know what you're doing? You're, you're telling your disciple to make disciples, <laughs> right? Make disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Listen, make disciples. More and more followers of Jesus who have the authority to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons and defeat the enemy. Come on. Listen, if you don't know what else to do, invite them to church. Invite them to church. Right? Invite them to bloom. Invite them to forge. Invite them to midweek. One of our students gets it. I'm telling you, I, I love this dude. Carter Nelson he is, he's going to be taking a purple book. Uh, it's actually one of the classes that we teach on Wednesday nights for new believers to set their foundation in Jesus. He is taking the purple book to school and he is going to go through it during his lunch period and is going to be going through the purple book with his friends and anyone else who wants to join. He... Yeah, come on. You rock, Carter. <laughs> At Bloom, there was a group of middle school girls. They were sitting on the front row and they were taking, they were taking notes and, and, and they were pulling their phones out and they were videoing the, the speaker and they were like talking back and forth. What, what was that point? What was that point? Those young girls, they were being discipled. 
They were being discipled. And don't you know it? One of the mamas who brought those girls here at Bloom, she was discipling them. <laughs> right? We complicate this a little too much. Parents, again, you have an opportunity to disciple your kids, right? Every small group leader, you are discipling. Thank you. You are discipling. Discipling, it's about, it's about doing life together. It's about doing life together and growing in the things of the Lord. And guys, this, this is what the Great Commission is. This is what Jesus is commanding us to do. Go and make disciples. Thanks again for joining us today. If you desire to grow deeper in your faith, we want to help you. Text the word GROW to 419-495-6802. To check out all of our upcoming events, head over to limafirst.church and click the events tab. Lastly, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future messages. Be blessed.